to. I got a smile on my face. I got a gratitude attitude. I got about a million reasons to praise. Got my hands in the air like I haven't got a care in the world. And I'm grateful. Grateful for you, God. And I'm grateful. My heart is overflowing. And I'm grateful. I was searching for a song that would express the message that I want to share today. That was Nate Sabine singing with his daughter. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 96 of Exactly Enough Time. from its title, this is a podcast about productivity. And while I love to rock a day and get stuff done, exactly enough time is much more about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have and making the most of it. It's about choosing to be playful and living with intention, curiosity, and connection. It's about owning what you love and bringing more of whatever that is into your life. In this podcast, I tell stories, I share ideas and solutions, and hopefully leave you feeling empowered to do those things that will bless your outlook, because you have exactly enough time. Okay, check it out. Nate Sabine is a music pastor. How cool is that? I found him on YouTube. His bio records that he is also the exceptional husband to Lori and best father in the world to Greylay and Indigo. He prefers his folk rock served with a side of (laughs) gospel-licious. What a fun man. Hey, I want to go on the record today as being grateful for this year. Yes, 2020. And not just grateful very grateful. Back in episode 83, I challenged myself and you to begin making a list of maybe even 20 things that we want to keep from 2020. Things we've learned, things we've observed and had confirmed, things we are grateful for. And today is the day. Did you guys realize 2020 is the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower voyage to this new world. The pilgrims arrived in 1620 with hopes of making a better life for themselves and their children while being able to worship freely and in peace. Undoubtedly, the most famous colonists in world history, their faith and fortitude are legendary. Their perseverance laid the cornerstone of a new nation. The pilgrims' courage, gratitude to God, and love for one another still inspire people today. The story of Mayflower and her tumultuous transatlantic crossing, Plymouth Colony with its tragic first winter, treaty with the Wampanoag people, and celebrated first Thanksgiving echoes down the ages and around the world. Regardless of anything that came before or after, Plymouth is the once upon a time to the story of the United States. 
the symbolic, if not literal, birthplace of our nation. In the autumn of 1620, while anchored in Cape Cod Bay, the Pilgrim's small ship became the birthplace of our nation's constitutional tradition. Historian Henry Culver called Mayflower, quote, the wave-rocked cradle of our liberties. The Plymouth colonists, native peoples of the region, mariners and traders who met along New England's shores of change, created a new society, sometimes in conflict, sometimes in collaboration. They crafted a region rich in intellect, spirituality, self-government, and commerce, a place of creative splendors whose influence on American culture and the world is inestimable. I have a hard time saying that word. 400 years, you guys, 400. I am working on a project today that documents on a gallery wall in my home the people in our family lines that came to America. And Edward Bumpus, one of my mother's ancestors on the McDougal line, came not on the Mayflower, but one year later on a ship called Fortune. We're going to talk about my love of country and family history in a bit. But first, I want to thank you for listening. And I want to play you a speak pipe message. Hello, Stacy. My name is Glorielva. You are such an inspiration to me. I love your passion for life, family, and faith. In the part, the podcast 56, Creative Growth, was one of my favorite. I have a question for you. Have you ever felt guilt when investing so much time in your hobby? Because I definitely struggle with this. Um, I always feel like I have to do something more uh, meaningful or more um, productive. So if you have faced this, how do you overcome this feeling? Thank you. I have become better acquainted with Glory this year because she is in my 20 and 20 online class. And Glory, I just want to thank you for a great and very important question. I think we all struggle from time to time with decisions about how we spend our time. You started your message by telling me that you enjoy my love of life, family, and faith. These are the very things, Glory, that I'm most grateful for. And when I scrapbook or tell stories or document in any way, these are the things that I am preserving, the things I love most and preserving them for my children. I think that's one of the most purposeful things that I can do with my time. And I will tell you, and I need to be reminded of this often, that the feelings we have are created by our thoughts. So I challenge you and everyone listening to think about your hobbies, particularly your scrapbooking hobby, your memory-keeping hobby, in a way that elevates it to the position that I believe it should be in. It is one of the most important things we can do with our time. We always need to strike a balance in our lives with all of the things, especially as women, the things that we juggle. But I want you to know from my current perspective that I am grateful for the time that I have invested in my love of telling stories and preserving moments that I now cherish so very much. If it helps, you have my permission to invest time in telling your story.
I just want to thank Glory again and all of you for listening, for participating with me in this podcast. I love your comments. I love your speak pipe messages. I just have so much gratitude in my heart for you. And that's, again, what today is about gratitude. I am going to share my list of 20 things that I am grateful for right now as we approach the end of 2020. Normally, my podcast episodes are published on Thursdays. I'm going to publish this early so that maybe as you're preparing or doing whatever it is that you're doing this week, you'll have a chance to listen. And again, I challenge you to think about the items that would make your list of 20 things. Number one for me, you guys, is faith. And faith means different things to different people as it should. But my faith is in Jesus Christ. And I want to share a scripture that's become more meaningful to me this year. It's in Matthew in the New Testament chapter 11 verse 28 and it says, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Especially this year as I have spent time in the scriptures, I have felt the rest that Jesus Christ can bring to us and bring into our hearts even in times of turmoil. And I'm so very grateful for that faith. And I have deep respect for other people's faith traditions or choice to believe what they want to believe. But I am most grateful for that, again, that peace and that rest that I have found in my faith. Number two is my family. I love my family. We have spent a lot of time together this year. I've had the opportunity to spend time with children that I didn't think I would get to spend time with as they've come home from college and a mission and we've been together under the same roof. I'm so grateful for that time. Of course we drive each other a little crazy, but that's exactly what I signed up for. I am grateful for family history. I'm grateful for the family that came before me particularly as I mentioned, now at the end of 2020, I am grateful for the family that courageously made the decision to leave their homelands and come to this new world or this country. And I am so curious about that decision that they made because it completely shapes my life. And I'm grateful for their courage and their perseverance. They were not perfect people. Neither am I or are we, but I'm grateful for the choices they made that have given me the liberties that I so cherish right now. I am grateful for this earth. I love being in nature. I love the beauty of each season. I woke up yesterday morning to a blanket of snow. This morning it's cold and rainy, but I love all of it. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. Stopping on a walk to take a picture of just some little detail just fills my heart with wonder and awe and appreciation. I love the earth. You guys, I love humans. (laughs) I do. I'm so curious about the humans I know and the humans I don't know. I'm particularly grateful for community from my local community, uh, in my family, in my neighborhood, in my church. I'm grateful for the community that I love and interact with online. 
Uh, most recently, a community of memory keepers has come together to to raise um, money to create Christmas for Elizabeth Karchner after the sudden death of her husband, Colin. It has been so inspiring to me and such a reminder of the power that we have to create good when we come together around a really good idea. I am very grateful. This is number five. Very grateful for the energy that I have to teach For many years, I taught in person, and then beginning in 2005, I helped create something called Big Picture Classes, and it allowed me to teach classes online and to connect with people from all over the globe, and I get to do it again, and it has been such an enriching experience for me, so I'm grateful for the health and the focus that I have needed to be able to do that. And I'm going to continue to do it in 2021, so I'm going to tell you about that in upcoming episodes You guys, I'm super grateful this year for limited travel. I was able to go to a couple events early in the year, and then, of course, that came to a screeching halt. But it has confirmed for me that I'm not done traveling. I want to go and see and do, and I can't wait for that to be a part of my life again. I am grateful, number seven, for an opportunity this year to really dig deep personally into study, into a commitment to better understand the racial issues in our country, to learn about how to become an anti-racist, and to develop a stronger conviction to listen to and learn from diverse voices and people who are and feel marginalized. Okay, And now's a good time for me to say that I am grateful for my country, the United States of America. You've likely watched along with me, either from inside or from afar, my country's struggle this year. But I believe in the ideals that founded this nation, and I believe in the future of this country. I really like the words of Dallin H. Oaks, and I'm going to read you a direct quote He says, this country should be better in eliminating racism, not only against black Americans who were most visible in recent protests, but also against Latinos, Asians, and other groups. This nation's history of racism is not a happy one, and we must do better. The United States was founded by immigrants of different nationalities and different ethnicities. Its unifying purpose was not to establish a particular religion or to perpetuate any of the diverse cultures or tribal loyalties of the old countries. Our founding generation sought to be unified by a new constitution and laws. That is not to say that our unifying documents or the then-current understanding of their meanings were perfect. The history of the first two centuries of the United States showed the need for many refinements, such as voting rights for women and particularly the abolition of slavery, including laws to ensure that those who had been enslaved would have all the conditions of freedom. Two Yale University scholars recently reminded us, for all its flaws, the United States is uniquely equipped to unite a diverse and divided society. Its citizens don't have to choose between a national identity and multiculturalism. Americans can have both, but the key is constitutional patriotism. We have to remain united by and through the Constitution, regardless of our ideological disagreements. 
Okay, that was long, but I love it so much. I think because it just clearly underscores my faith and hope and believe in the future of what we can do when we come together. Okay, number nine on my list, you guys, music. I love music. I love dancing in my kitchen. I love singing in my car. Lately, Addie and I have been listening to Hamilton songs over and over again. (laughs) We have a handful of those and others that we play when we need and want to feel uplifted. So grateful for music. Number 10, I am grateful for scrapbooking. I've kind of already mentioned that, but particularly the opportunity I've had this year to create some projects. Projects that have required time and effort and have brought together just pictures and allowed me to display them in unique ways. I finished a guest room upstairs after my youngest son left the house this year and I made these magnets and and they're they're flat pieces of wood with a picture on each and they're four by four inches so they're kind of big. They cover an entire wall and it's like a photo crossword. I don't really know how to explain it. I'll put a picture in the show notes but It shows like a row of pictures that feature maybe one of my kids, let's say Chase. And then there's an intersecting picture that has Chase and let's say his brother Trey. And and the row that intersects, or I should say the column that intersects that row then features pictures of Trey. And it's just so fun because there's 80 plus pictures and you can move them around on this big sheet of metal. And I love, I love it. I love the idea of living with my pictures in scrapbooks and outside of scrapbooks. And this effort this year has probably been one of the most powerful influences um, for me to remain uh, focused and and grateful. So just want to say that. Number 10 is projects. Halfway done. Number 11, the example of my parents. My parents are getting old. I'm getting old (laughs) and I love them. My mom in particular has really struggled. Um, She's remained free, healthy, free of COVID, but she has endured so many other ailments. And I'm just proud of her and grateful as I watch her endure. And I feel like the time that I have with her is, is short. And so I'm feeling extra tender about the memories that I have of her and with her. Parents, imperfect, good parents are such a gift. I am grateful for perspective. I have awesome nieces and nephews and one nephew in particular, Ty, visited late in the summer and brought with him his super cool drone and showed me how to use it and sent it up in the sky and took a picture of our home. And when I saw that picture, I just thought, wow, who who lives there? What kind of lucky person gets to live in that house? And you know what it was? It was that zoomed out perspective. And it's reminded me of some counsel that Russell M. Nelson gave us at a recent general conference of my church. He talked about avoiding the tendency to be myopic and Myopic just essentially means nearsighted, where we're not able to clearly see objects that are far away because we're only thinking or caring about the things that are right in front of us that loom in the present moment. But when we can zoom out, 
we can broaden our perspective, we will remember that there's so much more that affects so many people. President Nelson recently shared a message on social media channels, and I want to play you just a portion of it. Over my nine and a half decades of life, I have concluded that counting our blessings is far better than recounting our problems. No matter our situation, showing gratitude for our privileges is a fast-acting and long-lasting spiritual prescription. Does gratitude spare us from sorrow, sadness, grief, and pain? No, but it does soothe our feelings. It provides us with a greater perspective on the very purpose and joy of life. The whole message is just under 12 minutes long, and it's so worth your time. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Okay, number 12 is two things. I am grateful for masks and elbows. Yes, I said that out loud. I'm actually grateful for masks. And if you've done any Christmas shopping, you get a sense that it is definitely the the fashion accessory of the year, right? But I'm grateful that we have masks, that we can still move around, and we have elbows. That elbow bump thing that for me has replaced a handshake. I'm just grateful that we can still move around and even though we can't see each other smile, I think I've become better this year at reading people's eyes and that has to be a good thing. So masks and elbows and let me add eyes. Okay, you guys, I'm grateful for the bike rack that until last week was on the back of my van because that bike rack allows me to throw Addie's bike and my bike on the back of the van and just go so that in the middle of a busy day, we could stop and just take a bike ride. And our bike rides were never long, but within seconds of pulling those bikes off and just heading down a trail or, or through a neighborhood, I could immediately feel the joy of moving my body and being with my daughter and just kind of forgetting for a moment whatever it was that was consuming my thoughts. And speaking of thoughts, next on my list has to be my life coach, Jody Moore. And I've mentioned her so many times, but that's because she has helped me so many times manage my thoughts and better understand the way my brain works. You guys, I just got coached by her last week on the way I was thinking about Instagram. And I won't go into the details other than to say that I walked away with a huge sense of relief. So I am grateful for this idea of life coaching, which I just poo-pooed for way too long. But I'm telling you, it's good, powerful stuff. And speaking of my life coach, I'm grateful for podcasts. She has a podcast and there are many other podcasts that I listen to and learn from and appreciate so much. And I like my own podcast. The fact that I have continued to do this and that you continue to listen to me is such a privilege that I appreciate so very much. Okay, it's getting a little silly now, but I totally have on my list the Property Brothers and Dallas Jenkins. And I'll explain that. But there are two shows this year that I think have probably had the greatest impact on me. The Property Brothers, you're like, really, Stacy? But no, really, because every single time I think about the power we have to renovate, to renovate homes, to renovate lives, to tear down what isn't working and to build in its place something that allows us to be 
more of who we are meant to be, to be that higher, better version of ourselves. Now, I'm certain that that's not what Jonathan and Drew have in mind when they film an episode, but that's what it's been for me, kind of symbolic this year. And honestly, it's just fun at the end of the day to sit down with my husband and Addie and to watch one or two episodes of the Property Brothers. Okay, and then there's Dallas Jenkins. You guys, I love people who create amazing content. And he is the director of a show called The Chosen, which is a view of New Testament Christianity that is so refreshing and inspiring and relatable. I just pretty much love everything about it. It's really helped me think differently about the individual people that have have been a part of my life in scripture for so many years, but it's a whole new view. So thanks to Dallas. If you haven't heard of The Chosen, go look it up and watch it. Okay, number 18 is color. I have always been a fan of color. I believe in happy colors, but this year color has played such an, an interesting role in my life. Back in May, my friend Heather Wartenberg sent me a DM on Instagram and it was an image of a photographer in Melbourne, Australia. She had dressed her family all monochromatically and taken a series of pictures. And as soon as I saw that, I said, yes, oh my goodness, I'm totally going to do that. And I chose Memorial Day for the first picture. I wanted to dress my family in my happy colors beginning with red. And everybody thought I was nuts. Of course, I am a little nuts. But I simply took them to Old Navy and I said, I will buy you something to wear as long as it is red. (laughs) Then we came home and we gathered objects from inside my home that are red, like a red KitchenAid stand mixer and a number of other things. And we pulled out the red bench and we put it on the lawn and we gathered around that bench and I had my cute neighbor Presley come and take the picture. And so began the summer of color. And we did pictures in turquoise. And when my brother Cougar came with his family, yellow and orange with my mom and dad, and then finally green after everyone had left. And it was just me and Jeff and Addie all over again. But those pictures in my happy colors were such a fun diversion and yet focus on family and on the fun that we can have even in the midst of a dumb pandemic. And I was able to share my pictures and some of the things that I learned by doing this, I was able to share at an event called She Loves Color. It was an online event at the end of October. And then I recently posted some of these pictures to Instagram and received an enthusiastic response. But the funniest thing was a message from my son Chase who was preparing to come home for Thanksgiving and he said, is there a particular color I should be packing, mom? (laughs) And at first I just laughed, but then I realized, why not take another picture? Because in addition to those five bright, happy colors, I love black and white. And so we are preparing Friday to take a black and white photo that will wrap up a summer of color. Okay, number 19, (sighs) undoubtedly the greatest thing that has happened this year is the birth of Audrey Rose, my granddaughter. Now I share the role of grandma with another beautiful woman who also happens to be named Stacy. Can you imagine that? Two grandma Stacys. But it has been such a joy to become 
grandma and to watch this little human develop and grow so quickly over such a short amount of time. And yes, I've seen this before. I witnessed my own children growing, but there definitely is something extra special about watching this happen from the perspective of one generation. So love your people, take care of them, (laughs) forgive them, wrap your arms around them and be grateful for them. Okay. And last, but certainly not least, I am grateful for the present. And by that, I mean right now, as in November 2020, I am thankful for all of the unanticipated, for the change, for everything we've endured, for everything we've wished would go away. I'm I'm thankful for what we're resigned to and what we've rebelled against and for everything that we've learned this year. I'm grateful for the opportunity to pause and reflect. No, the holidays will not look the same this year, but there is so much that is the same about the holidays. I am going to wrap this up and go upstairs and make a pumpkin pie, and I'm going to peel apples so that I can make my grandma Addie's apple crisp, and I'm going to mix up the brine for my turkey and get ready to feast. I pray that you all have a blessed weekend, whether or not it is a holiday for you, and that you will choose to come back next week for another episode of Exactly Enough Time.